Broadcasting live from the Delta Media Studios in Upper Lafayette. Two hours of sports talk like none other. Footnotes with your host, Kevin Foote. Welcome into Footnotes. Kevin Foote on the game, 103.7 Lafayette, one zero four one Lake Charles. Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. We um, can watch us on the simulcast, Stadium 32.3, 133 on LUS Fiber. The game hotline is 706-0111. 706-0111 on this glorious Monday morning. And I say glorious with apologies to Cajun softball fans. Um, We'll get into Cajun softball and everything that happened in Clemson and leading up to that at the Clemson Regional. Obviously, you know, they some fans were hoping for more. I think the team went. I think where the team finishes is what they were, and and we'll get into more details. But I say glorious mainly because the Astros won three out of four and still not really hitting the ball at home, but still pitching very well. And um, anytime, I know the Rangers haven't won a lot of games over the last few years, still think they got a good, scary lineup, and they got a couple players that uh, are, are scary, and yet the Astros did a very good job. Martin Perez is the second time, you know, when you were younger and you and you say, okay, you you're playing horse and you gotta. You, some people play it where you gotta prove it. Like you hit a crazy shot, you gotta better hit it twice or it don't count. You gotta prove it. Well, he proved it. He went six perfect innings in his first outing against the Astros. Happened to be pitching against Verlander, and so. He ended up not even, the Rangers ended up not even winning the game. Well, over the weekend, he went nine. Nine. I mean, he he proved it. And um, it's going to be very interesting come July where the Rangers are and if they're willing to trade. You know, normally, he's the kind of guy, veteran, who's kind of pitching his best baseball of his career, late in his, in his career, like a Dahl Alexander kind of a trade. And you, uh, for us, for for you old Braves fans, or a Larry Anderson kind of a trade, although he was a relief pitcher, not a starter um, for the Astros. But he's, that, he's the kind of guy that you can maybe uh, get a great prospect for. And we'll see how... That plays out, but man, he could help a winning. He could help a really good team. And I mean, I don't think there's any way they would trade him to the Astros. And I don't even know for sure that the Astros even need him. We'll see how the injury bug plays out. But, um, but no, I could really see him going to a good team. I could see a team like the Toronto Blue Jays, you know, or a team with a lot of injuries right now, like the Rays trading for him. But we'll see how that is. That's that's two months down the road. But 
he, he he's very interesting. But other than his, you know, great performance, the Astros won, and that's good. So the Astros will play three more games. By the way, you can hear the first game of that series against the Cleveland Guardians. I'm still not used to that. Not used to it at all. Uh, first pitch set for 7-10. You can hear that game tonight right here on the game, 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles. And then they go on another three-city trip. Like, what is going on? Like, this is going to be – we're not even in June yet. This is going to be their third three-city trip in like six weeks. Who came up with this schedule? The The good, the good thing about it is – the good thing about it is the Astros have played very well on the road. Um, you know, you wonder if that's going to catch up with you at some point. I love the fact, and I heard someone say it, that this team is starting to remind them of the of the 2017 team. Uh, that was the season, you remember, they did all this silly little garbage bag, whatever, barrel banging, trash can banging at home, which was really stupid for a lot of reasons. And one of them was they didn't even hit the ball well at home. That they were a much better road team. Like the only guy that hit better at home was 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 silly Josh Reddick. Like everybody else was a better road hitter. They scored more runs. They 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 were way better on the road than they were at home. Uh, and, and, and if that's what they want to do this year, that's fine. But, uh, it sure would be nice to, to get some, um, get something at home. Uh, I think the most shocking thing, sometimes I, I give my answer to the trivia question. I mean, to the um, poll question on RP3 and company. Uh, I cannot argue with LSU. What, what LSU did at Vanderbilt, and by the way, if you're an LSU baseball fan, then it is certainly a glorious Monday. Uh, I mean, just I don't know what to think anymore. Obviously, none of us expected Ole Miss to come to Baton Rouge and sweep LSU for the first time ever. And then probably about the same amount of people expected LSU to go to Vanderbilt and sweep them for the first time ever. And, and and yet even that wasn't as shocking as the actual final scores, which make, you know, I was, I was just, I mean, I, I didn't even know how to respond to that. It was so unbelievable. But the my vote might have to be because as much respect as we have for Vanderbilt's program, and it's well-earned, they really aren't. To Vanderbilt standards, they're not. They're having a down year. They they got a they got a young team, and they're just not there. Um, and we know LSU can really hit. Now, can they pitch? And we'll see. At times they can. Times they can't. Can they play defense? And we'll see. At times they can, and at times they can't. But um, we know LSU can hit. And so it was, look, it was what happened in, in over the weekend in that series was was unbelievable. So I got no issue with anyone certainly voting for that. But 
if not above that or equal to that, right behind that for me was the Heat winning game three. Look, for I, I was, I, I said it on Friday. I was, I was worried that the Heat wouldn't win another game in that series. Really, I was genuinely concerned. I just don't think they have enough pop. Um. I know they can play defense, and I know they can slug it out 1990s basketball style of game, but that's not really what's going on right now. And so um, I, I was really worried they wouldn't win another game, and for them to win game three, uh, that was shocking. Epicenter was supposed to win, but again, it was supposed that horse was supposed to win the Kentucky Derby, and it didn't. And I was told that was a fluke, and then they, the horse lose, lost again. And early voting was a when we talked to Mr. Tom on Thursday, that was a name you were really hearing from horse racing people that watch out for that horse. In fact, that might have been the first horse we discussed uh, on Thursday with Mr. Tom and how you hearing a lot of good things about early voting, and obviously it was accurate. So – Mildly surprised that Epicenter didn't win, but again, that 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 I wouldn't put that under the shocking category. And I, you know, it didn't win the first one, so a horse who didn't win the Kentucky Derby, not winning the Preakness, I don't know that maybe surprising, but certainly not shocking. It was shocking to me when I saw the Heat one. Like, whoa, that was very pleasant. But that goes right under the the glorious category. For a glorious Monday, no question there. Then I heard an opinion this morning. Opinions don't often change the meter for me one way or the other, whatever that cliche is. They, um, depending on the subject. But I heard someone's opinion this morning. And that opinion was, or prediction, which I guess you could say those are the same, opinions or a prediction. The prediction was that Deshaun Watson is going to get suspended for an entire season. And essentially, the Browns kind of knew that going in to this whole process that's why they made his contract like a million this year. And they kind of were preparing for that from the beginning. Now, not that they knew it absolutely officially, because it's still not official. So there's no way they could have known it then, absolutely. But that they were, in his opinion, they were going went into this process figuring that was going to be the case. Um... And essentially what that means is he's going to be making $57 million a year over the next three years. Essentially, that's what's happening here. If that's true, if that's opinion slash prediction plays out that way, essentially what will happen is he'll get, if he gets that year suspension, he won't get his million-dollar contract for this year. And he'll essentially make fifty-seven million a year for the next three years. 
having not played for two full seasons. Wow. Um, remarkable. Of course, like Rudy Macklin once said, he, he ain't no kin of mine. And so I, um, I'm worried about this from a Saints perspective, him getting suspended for a season. And from a Saints perspective, that means when they play on New Year's Day, no, that's the Eagles on New Year's Day. When they play on Christmas Eve, on paper, again, it's a long time from now. Long, long time from now. Um, If he's not the quarterback of the Browns, theoretically, that means the Saints would have a better chance to win that game. And finally beat the Cleveland Browns. Look, I understand they beat them the last time they played them, but that was just all luck. I mean, they got completely they, – they played horrendous, and they got completely dominated in the game. And the only reason they won is some kicker missed like 75 kicks. I mean, that was the only way. I mean, that got completely dominated by a bad Cleveland Browns team. And, and somehow won because the kicker missed a million kicks. I don't. I mean, I I guess it counts because they won the game. But it, in my idea that the Browns own the Saints, that does that didn't change the the needle. That didn't either. You know, at all, at all. That was an awful performance. Awful. Um. So I don't know. It just seems like one little thing. I've got it in my little mind here that after all the bad breaks that the Saints had to endure last year, and it was arguably more than any year in the history of the franchise, that they're due for things to head the other direction this year. It's one more one more example of that, possibly, if this gentleman's uh, opinion was correct. It makes sense to me anyway. All right, we'll take a timeout when we come back. Again, Lot to unpack on this Monday morning. Lot happened over the weekend, all over the place. And certainly, we'd like to hear your opinion on any of those topics by calling the game hotline at 706 0111. We'll be back on the game. 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. Let your voice be heard. Hello. Give us a call on the hotline at 337-706-0111 and speak your mind. Hello. This is the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles. Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Welcome. Back to footnotes. Kevin Foot on the game. 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Again, the game hotline is 706 706 Want to remind you about Astro Giveaway 2. If you want to see the Astros in person at the tremendous Minute Maid Park in Houston, the way to do it is to go to the website. Go to the the game, 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles. And put your sign up and register for the game, Clubhouse. You might win four tickets, a hotel accommodations for that Saturday night, as well as 
a tour of Minute Maid Park for the Saturday, June the 18th meeting with the Chicago White Sox. The Chicago White Sox uh, swept the Yankees yesterday. The Yankees have been playing incredibly well. The, the White Sox swept them yesterday. They had a little controversy. Josh Donaldson, he's always in the middle of controversy, isn't he? That guy is something. Josh Donaldson. You know, Bregman gets on my nerves a lot, and he's really been getting on my nerves lately. But at least he doesn't say, a, at least he's not always in the middle of controversy like Josh Donaldson. But uh, that, guy's all, that guy's always in the middle of something. People are always, he just has an abrasive attitude or whatever. He just always, somebody's always mad at that guy. But, um, but anyway, if you would like to win tickets, Astro Weekend Getaway, you need to go to register at the Game Clubhouse, 1037thegame.com or 1041thegame.com today. All right. Again, the game hotline is 706-0111, 706-0111. I said I, we would uh, discuss the Cajun softball at the Clemson Regional since we last spoke, and <clears throat> it was a very interesting tournament for sure. You know, the game that they played, the, first, the opening game they played Friday against Clemson was it was what it was I mean both teams played pretty well it was back to back it was what a two seed and a three seed first game should be it just didn't they just didn't win I mean they lost four to three they again the two teams went back and forth the Cajuns hit three balls to the wall that they probably thought were home runs off the bat and and they caught them on the wall and they lost four to three then then they play this game. I, I don't know that this game, it, I, I commented, I don't know that the game that they played Saturday early uh, had ever been played before. And what I mean by that is they're, they played a team. They had a perfect game through six. At one time in the game, well, I think it ended 15. The Cajuns ended up with 15 hits. Stranded. I'm forg- I'm getting C now. It's either 11 or 12 runners. UNC Wimbledon played an 11-inning game. Got beat on a two-run, two-out game-winning homer, walk-off homer by Taylor Roman. And they stranded zero runners. I mean, how do you play 11 innings and strand zero runners? Because you never get on base. But if you never get on base and the other team gets 15 hits, how does it go 11 innings? I mean, it's just, I'm telling you, I don't think that game has ever been played, ever. The history. Like, I I, I don't know what the record is, and I don't know that, so I can't state it as a fact. But how do you have one team with 15 hits, the other one with two, strand zero runners, the other one strand like 11 or 12 runners, and the game is still tied with two outs in the in the 11th in the 11th inning. That is just 
Incredible. I really don't think that game has ever been played, the game that the Cajuns won Saturday. But anyway, if they had lost it, that would have been really bad. See, there are people, and I'm not one of them, and many of you are, and again, it's a free country. If that's the way you think, that's the way you think. I got members of my family that think this way. I think they're crazy. I think they're wrong. But there's a there's a lot of, there are a lot of people that believe it doesn't if you don't win at all it doesn't matter what you do it doesn't matter if you even get there I just I just don't believe that I think as someone who wants the Cajuns to do well uh, I think it's better if they had lost to Wilmington in that wacky game. I think they would feel a whole lot worse than having at least won that game and beat Auburn. Essentially, they played the same game with Auburn twice. They just lost one of them, 4-3, to three, and Auburn hit two balls to the wall in the last inning that they probably thought, at least one of them probably thought was a home run off the bat, and the Cages caught it at the wall, and they won. <coughs> it was essentially the same game. They played with Auburn twice. They just lost one of them four to three and won one of them four to three. Um, but having one, I you know they got crushed yesterday, and we can go all, all the reasons. One, Clemson's just better than them. That's one. And two, Clemson was rested and and, and set up perfectly. And the Cajuns were probably some sort of combination of fatigue and coming off had a letdown after the high of beating Auburn the way they did and the incredible Saturday. I mean, it was it was it was a weird two games, but it was exciting when it was over. The other thing is when I heard that Thompson was pitching for Clemson, and you heard what Thompson the kind of pitcher Thompson is, I was like, that is not a good plan. <laughs> it's not good for the Cadence. They, I'd rather them face someone who was throwing 70 with a rise ball than facing kind of essentially what we used to call in baseball as a junk ball pitcher. A lot of change-ups, a lot of breaking stuff, and not overly hard, but, you know, like Nestor Cortez, basically. That's that. That's who they were facing, and so I did not think the team would handle it well. So I think the Cajuns this year, especially the team that they took to Clemson, went as far as they could go. That's what they were. Um. So I think it's good that they at least got to Sunday. That's the 14th straight time the team has at least got to Sunday. If they had lost. One of the games Saturday, they would have, you know, been the first team in a long time not to at least get to championship round of a region. And so that part is what was good. But the other thing is, and it's just another example of the many, 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 many obstacles that this team had to overcome. And not only, which we've talked about all week, last week, that they didn't have their head coach. Then I, we kind of hinted that, you know, there w- it was possible they were going to lose some players. Well, you plan all season, and you build up all season to have this three-headed monster. You get to the regional, and one of them 
is in quarantine with COVID and you can't utilize. And not only her, not only Sam Landry, but Alexa Langoliers, who leads your team in homers and is your starting shortstop, is in quarantine. Now, none of us know if what difference that would have made in the in the actual results of the game, and we'll never know. It's just it's just another example of all the frustration and obstacles this team has had to overcome all season long. And and the bad part about it, and I think Coach Glasgow did a good job of explaining that in the post-game press conference yesterday, is that these two freshmen this year, true freshmen, I mean, like, Taylor Roman's a freshman, but she's really not a freshman. It's her third year in the program. These are true freshmen. They did not get to experience regional play, and you and, and you wanted them to get that experience, good or bad, win or lose, have that experience. See, next year, hopefully, they're healthy or whatever, and they're and they're able to participate in a regional next year. It'll be their first one. And so, uh, you know, it's just, man, can they at least just have their players? Of course, but I made the comment over the weekend. I just wanted them to go out and not get beat because of poor defense. Now, they did almost get beat because of poor defense. Uh, dropped a fly ball and and, and and potentially set up a loss to Auburn. Uh, but overall, their defense was better than it had been in a lot of different parts of the season. That's not why they lost. And so, that you know, I, I thought that was a good thing. All right, let's go to the game hotline. Hello. Good morning, Kevin. Good morning, sir. How you doing on this glorious Monday morning? I am uh, doing pretty well. You know, it's at <laughs> the end Kevin, of the school man. year, so I'm on fumes, but I'm doing pretty well considering I'm on fumes. Okay. All right. Uh, all right. Listen, of course, they feel better about what they accomplished and if, and if they would have lost that game. That's a silly ble- – okay, so you mean to tell me that if your team – let's say else you go to the College World Series. They win a regional. Let's say they get a regional in Baton Rouge. And they go on the road and win a super. And they go to the College World Series. And they two in, in barbecue. Do you think they're not going to feel better than if they lose in the regional? I agree, but there are a lot of people just say that whoever finishes second is the first loser. I argue with this all the time. That I argue with my, especially my daughter, my wife, and my brother-in-law. We're all Bronco fans. They all, they all convince me, and, and I'm, I disagree with them. They would rather not make the playoffs and go to the playoffs and lose, or go to the Super Bowl and lose. I'm like, y'all are crazy. I'd rather lose in the World Series or the Super Bowl every year than to not make the playoffs. I mean, you experience so much joy and yes. elation when your team wins a playoff game and you win the NFC Championship. I mean, come on. that To me, that doesn't, doesn't make any sense. Okay, Kevin, let's talk about it. You're going to not make any sense. Can you – Kevin, I'm dumbfounded. You know, I had some people that I go to games with and tailgate with, and, and one of the ladies is a, is a skeezy sunshine. You know, she's just – Listen, last weekend when it was 11-1 to 1 in the Saturday game, she's still cheering in the ninth inning for a base hit. I mean, her husband was trying to get out of the stadium in the sixth inning, and she wouldn't leave. I mean, so when we left there last Sunday, I said, well, you know, guys, it's been a nice season. I'll see y'all later, you know. She said, oh, no, we're going to speak next weekend and get a regional. We were left. 
I mean, you know, now of course she's she's a she's a baseball expert now. You know, of course she's texting me this weekend. Kevin, I never see anything like the thing I saw there Saturday. That's phenomenal, Kevin. I mean. Those things just don't happen. Yeah, that I, I, I don't, I don't, I, I don't know what happened, Mandy. You're breaking up really bad. We can, we, we can hardly hear you. Why don't we do this? We're gonna, we're gonna take a timeout. Yeah, let's take a timeout. Try to call back in the next segment, and we'll try to. Hopefully, it's better. Okay. All right. Yeah, I don't know what's going on. I don't know. I didn't know if it was my headphones or what. So anyway, I was um, something was not right with the connection there but no what what happened in, in nashville i mean you you can't explain all that just like you can't hardly explain what happened in baton rouge but what happened in baton rouge at old miss was a lot easier to understand <laughs> what happened in nashville uh not so much that lsu won again lsu can really hit we know that it's just that for not for vanderbilt who's put out so many good pitchers into the into the major leagues, they've been so good at pitching for so long. To see one of their staffs, I don't care how young it is, they're still wearing Vanderbilt uniforms. To get just completely humiliated like that, it was it was it was astonishing. And so I, I agree with him there. But I got to tell you, I did not expect the Heat to beat the Celtics in Game Three in Boston uh, either. So. I know there were some injury issues there, but if anybody who watched the game can give me an explanation of what happened, please let me know. And, and please let me know if I if it's going to give me false hope. No, look, I haven't mentioned this a lot lately, but my whole idea about that, the whole idea about a fan, if you is happy, it's all about happy days. How many happy days do I get? Been a lot of happy days in recent years, and I had, and in the couple last couple of years, I don't have any world titles, but I'll take the happy days. Oh yeah, over misery to win a title like once every five or ten years, no way. It's all about happy days, cat. That's what it's about. All right, we will, and having hope. Take a time out. Come back. See if we can get everything straight. As we continue to unpack our bags after an incredible, incredibly busy, I should say, sports weekend on this glorious Monday morning. We'll be back on the game, 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. You're listening to the game, 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles. Your home for the LSU Tigers in Southwest Louisiana. Welcome back to Footnotes. Kevin Foot on the game, 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Want to remind you if you would like to get in. On this Monday, review any of the many, and we haven't even gotten to half of it yet, things that happened over the weekend. The game hotline is 706-0111, 706-0111. Want to also remind you, and I did hear the trivia question that 
Raymond had in the last hour, the first 1,000-yard rusher for the Saints. Oh, man, Chuck Muncie was pretty. If only they ran that cat out of the eye more. They were running that cat out of the split backfield most of the time. I still don't understand, man. The Saints had some talent on offense in the 70s. The coaching was just miserable. But anyway, want to remind you about the Downtown Rising. If you would like to win VIP passes to Downtown Rising, featuring Cold War Kids on Saturday, June the 4th. Like most prizes that we have, it's real simple. You sim- you just need to register uh, the Game Rewards Club by going to 1037thegame.com or 1041thegame.com today, and you might win VIP passes to Downtown Rising, the ultimate Downtown Rising VIP experience. It's presented to you by Social Entertainment, Raider Solutions, Louisiana Raging Cajuns, and the game, Southwest Louisiana's Sports Station. All right, let's go back to the game hotline. Hello. Hey, Kevin, good morning. Good morning, sir. Just wanted to talk some softball. I'm on the road headed back home from Clemson, South Carolina. All right. I heard it was a pretty impressive facility and atmosphere there. Yeah, let me talk about the facility. First of all, your overview was pretty much spot on. You hit all the points about exactly what happened. The stadium or the the field has only been there for three years. Uh, They did a really nice job with it. Um, They have a small berm. It's not as big as LSU's berm. Um, The season was sold out, so they're thinking about adding more seating to the stadium. I think they have a 1,000 chair-back seats. It was a very well-run tournament. Uh, the Clemson fans were nice. They were friendly. They were very complimentary of the Cajuns. Uh, they were pulling for the Cajuns to beat Auburn uh, in that game, but that was kind of interesting. But overall, a really nice experience. The only drawback is it's a doggone long way, man. Yes. Yes. And so uh, I, I enjoyed it. I would do it again. Um, you know, like you said, Basically, a lot of times it comes down to pitching. I thought that Shoreman did a fantastic job. She just ran out of gas. Yeah, and we'll yeah, no question. I, I mean, I you know they the whole idea was to have three, and it just didn't happen. And look, I, I don't I don't really think the Cajuns are as good as Clemson, so I, I don't think this was going to be the year. But they they'd have competed better had they had their full complement of players. I'm I'm pretty sure of that. I agree with you. Um, the Cajuns, I think, prepared for Clemson's ace pitcher, and they got the number two pitcher, and she threw a lot of junk. Yes. Like you mentioned, it yeah. kind of reminded me of the 2014 men's regional where the Cajuns, I think they played Jackson State in the first game, and the pitcher did not throw over 80 miles an hour, and the Cajuns got beat that game. Absolutely. Absolutely. I recall that. Or Andy Grow uh, in 2000 uh, foiling South Carolina's plan in that super regional against number one South Carolina. So, yeah, it's happened before. And I think the Cajuns matchup would have matched up much better with their ace than, than Thompson. Yes, sir. I think Clemson had more experience, more seasoned players than the Cajuns did. I'm not 100% sure I agree with you that the Clemson players are that much better because 
for instance, their number eight hitter was hitting 218 on the season. Their number nine hitter is hitting 191. Our number nine hitter is hitting like 430. Yeah, so but I wouldn't worry I think about all the that. The talent was kind of similar. Yeah. Again, not having Sam Landry and Alexa was just, you know, a tremendous loss. Is not having Blasco there as well was a tremendous loss as well. Now, in the first game against Auburn, Shorman. Well, first of all, Auburn has a freshman. Her name is uh, Bree Ellis. She hit 21, 20 home runs this year. That's a record for the most home runs ever hit by a freshman in the history of Auburn softball. She's about six feet, two inches tall. She's kind of built like Taylor Roman, and she hit the two home runs. Now, the pitches that Shorman threw to her were really not bad pitches. The first one was an inside pitch that – Ellis hit over the left field fence, and the other one was an outside pitch that she hit over the center field wall. So I just think that the only player on Auburn's team that could have beat the Cajuns in that first game, she did it. No, she she's obviously a great hitter, which is why I would not have pitched to her in, in, in the second time they played Auburn. And I think they were very fortunate the way that worked out. But um, but no, I, obviously she's a great player, yes. And that game against UNC Wilmington, that was just a head-scratcher. Like you said, I'm not sure a team has ever gotten 16 hits and only scored a run because of a wild pitch. I don't... I don't think that's ever happened. Yeah, that's it was it was it was hard to watch in a lot of ways and it again if the season had ended that way it would be I think the feeling would be much worse than it is now. But we'll see. They got I you know, they we'll talk in the future, but I think the number one thing they got to do is go out and recruit a catcher. They got to move uh the catcher to third base and then we'll see what happens after that, who else they bring in and what other kind of transfers they get. All right, well, thanks for the time. I just wanted to uh, kind of chime in and just All right. tell you what the experience was like, and uh, we'll talk next time. All right, thank you. Appreciate that. No, Coach Glasgow was very complimentary of Clemson and the way they ran the tournament and all of that, so it's all good stuff. All right, let's go back to the game hotline. Hello. Kevin. Yes, sir. Can you hear me now? Well, you you, you went from Pecan Island to Forkett Island. Is that what's happening here? And Now you're a little bit clearer? You're no, getting closer? I just went. I went from inside to outside. <laughs> Sometimes it's a little difficult inside yeah. the building. You know, we got a metal roof and all that. Stuff. I got and you. Then, so, okay, this is, I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna cut to the chase and give y'all the rigmarole. What do you think? I, I know you've been saying all along top four is gonna host. You know, top four in SEC is gonna host. Yes. And we're back seventeen and thirteen. I'm just a little worried about the uh, you know the, the the up and down the the way they've been playing lately, you think, I mean, obviously we feel better if with a couple victories in the SEC tournament. Uh, So, I mean, I just can't believe that the fourth place team in the SEC, unless you go like real out real early. And even then uh, they're really not going to put the fourth place team as a whole site. I mean, really, we really believe that. Now I got to tell you, I think the SEC, I think, the East obviously was not very strong this year. No. And, and, and so I don't think the SEC is anywhere near what it usually is. Not even close. Oh, no, no. But it's still it's the I mean, SEC. So I just. Arkansas came back to attack and, 
you know, uh, but I mean, still, I, I, I tend to agree. I just think, obviously, a couple wins in the tournament, getting back to the semis and being top four in the tournament, I think is going to, we'll go a long way to almost, you know, assuredly, you know, get getting the whole site, you know. That's what I'm expecting, but we'll see. Okay, Kev. Thank you, man. Talk Take care. Later. Thanks, Manny. By the way, I, you know, this things, these social media little tease post um, sometimes can be inaccurate, deceiving, misinterpreted. But I was sent a picture supposedly from a Daryl Williams social media post of some kind. I don't know what platform it was, but and it was a picture of a ramp at the Superdome. Hmm. I'm just saying, if that happens, and Quan sends a similar photo or message, and that happens, sleeping is never really a problem for me because I'm old and fat, and when I lay down, I'm just exhausted, and I just, you know, I just out. And my wife gets mad. How can you fall asleep so quickly? Well, you know, it's just, that's just, but I'm going to have trouble sleeping this summer if that happens, if all that happens, just like playing. I mean, again, the way the Saints are thinking and the way I'm thinking, it's just been the same the whole offseason. That don't happen every year. And so it's just been, I mean, it's just, uh, I'm trying not to get too excited too quick. It's not a good thing. I get it. I know. But I was told, so say, he sent out this photo. You could see the little ramp. You could see the little Superdome on the left. (sighs) I need to stop. I know. Let's take a time out. Come back, finish out the first hour. Footnotes on this glorious Monday. On the game, 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's Sports Station. Are you fluent in Footlish? Not to worry. We're here to help with the Footlish Dictionary. Old Tucktail. Tucktail. Noun. A former NFL coach who put his tail between his legs and went back to college, where it's easier to win. Also known as Nick Saban. Now, back to the man with his very own language. Kevin Foote and Footnotes. Welcome back to Footnotes. Kevin Foot on the game. 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. Let's just go back to the game hotline. Hello. Well, I, I didn't know if you were going to get to it or not, so I said, well, I, I better call in because I know he is a huge, huge Stumford fan. And Stumford went to the University of Alabama to succeed. They won the winner's bracket final, then got forced to the if-necessary game, and Stanford beat University of Alabama. I, I just wanted to make sure you knew all of that. Yeah, that's kind of a Hitler versus Mussolini outfit there. But, but you know, 
it, it, it's very interesting because our old friend Pat Murphy's under a lot of heat. Like, they are, I don't know if you saw, there was actually a headline <laughs> about murder. Uh, I mean, yeah, she, he threw Montana Fouts over and over and over, and she threw like over 400 pitches, and he is under a lot of heat for how he uses pitching in that series. But, you know, Alabama showed some cracks during the season fairly often. Not quite a, a typical Alabama season at times. And, uh, yeah, that was, uh, that, that was a pretty big upset stunt for maybe. Maybe going to Tuscaloosa would have been better than going to Clemson. Who knows? I don't know. I, I, I just know that you are a huge Stumford fan. <laughs> and, and, by the way, Footsie, Here's the deal. You know, I'm not overly far LSU hosting a regional. LSU is 7-8 and eight at home in the in Southeastern Conference play. They're 10-5 and five on the road. I, um, I brought that up last week that this team might, more than any other year, might be the team that just would be better off playing on the road. I, I did bring that up, and, and I, think you, I think there might be something to that. The only... The only thing I could see for reason, really like the main reason for being at home would be in that first game, it would be a 1-4 game. And certainly they wouldn't throw Hilliard in the 1-4 game. They, they would hold Hilliard back. Right. And I would assume Ty Floyd would be the two. I, I would think they would have to hold Ty Floyd back. So they would have to go with some of them other ones and, and you know, just try to piece it together. Right. And plus, you could probably just hit your way through that game. But we at the top of the hour. I got to take a break. Thanks for the call. Okay. All right. Take care. No, and uh, feel free to call back. But we just had the top, so we got to take a break. We'll do that, and we'll come back another hour to follow on the game. 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. Broadcasting live from the Delta Media Studios in Upper Lafayette. Two hours of sports talk like none other. Footnotes with your host, Kevin Foote. Welcome back to Footnotes. Kevin Foote on the game. 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. You can watch on the simulcast stadium 32.3 and 133 on LUS Fiber. Also, feel free to give us a call on the game hotline 706-0111, 706-0111 as usual on a Monday. Phone lines are open for two hours to review everything went on over the weekend, and we've hit on some of it, but we certainly haven't covered all of it. So if you would like to discuss the Preakness, I, it's hard to argue. You know, I, I said that my intention or my wants for every major golf tournament is for chalk not to happen. Well, it's hard to argue that chalk took place when the, when the, the finish was as, kind of unexpected and wacky as it was. It was about as wacky as it could get. So I guess it wasn't chalk, but still a, a pretty famous name one. I, I kind of like when the, somebody who's not like a real household kind of golf name wins. But 
it was a wacky enough tournament to say, oh, I'm, I'm, I'm good with the way that played out. I like, like, I like when the, like you have a U.S. Open and Hill Irwin wins, and what did he win? Plus one, minus one, whatever it was, all them years. That's what I like. Like plus one wins the the the, the a major. That's what I I enjoy. But uh, well, you got to earn it. But so I guess overall that was good. I'm good with the Preakness. It's good with the U.S. Open. Not so good with the Western Conference Finals, although it's not unexpected. I mean. I know a lot of you are QWs and you think it's all about having the star, but but e, I, I heard an NBA analyst this morning talked about it, how it's great having a star, but it but it's still a team game, and this is basketball he's talking about. You only got five cats on the floor at one time. This is basketball. And he's talking about it's a team game. It's not about having a star for the QWs. Don't listen to that. Y'all won't even know what to do with that. I mean, what do you even do with that statement? This is basketball this cat was talking about. Basketball. And he said it's about the team. (laughs) Almost fell out of my chair. Even though I wasn't sitting down at the time. But, I mean... This is basketball, not football, basketball. And he says, this is a team game. I don't know, y'all QWs, y'all, y'all, it's not, I don't know, you got, I don't know. Can you imagine how much more of a team game football is? I don't know if I can buy the QW mentality that has just dominated this country in recent years. But anyway, uh, that was – I'm not liking the Western Conference. I am liking the fact – I'm still not sold. I, I, You know, again, like I say, kind of it kind of applies to, um, to the Celtics as well. Never dance at Yankee. Wakes. I only dance at the Yankee funerals. So I'm certainly not dancing yet about the Eastern Conference Finals. But um uh, I'm 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 more hopeful. I'm more hopeful. So certainly uh so far I'm kind of three out of four. Uh again, uh, the Cajuns in softball. They got to where I thought they could get, especially being shorthanded. So I, I'm good with that. I mean, they didn't win, but I, I'm 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 good with what happened there. The baseball team we haven't discussed yet. Obviously, we talked a lot about LSU, a little bit about LSU baseball anyway, and an incredible weekend that it had. Cajun baseball, we had talked about it on Friday. They got beat two nothing. A pitcher just beat them. I mean, that happens uh, sometimes. A pitcher. Pitch is great, and he's in tune with the home plate umpire, and he just he he finds out what the home plate umpire is likes, and he gives it to him, and 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 he hits his spots a high rate at the time, and the offense is in trouble. I mean that happens. That's baseball, but they did a good job of of scoring enough runs. Some of it was a little too late, took a little too long, but they still got a bunch of hits, scored a, a lot of runs. Carson Rockefeller over the weekend was just, I mean, it's almost like, I mean, when a guy's that hot, like I like to say, players don't, pitchers don't get him out. 
Now, the game gets you out here and there, but the pitcher never really gets you out. And he had an incredible weekend. He's up to like 392 maybe. He's going to have – it's been a while since somebody hit. Uh, there was a um, – it's been since 1996. And Chris Webb, for those of you who don't know, Chris Webb – Kind of a bigger guy, more like a John Crook, kind of like a Tony Gwynn type hitter late in his career because Tony Gwynn got kind of heavy. He's a little heavier guy, left-handed, really st- sweet stroke. Um, he, um, I remember, certainly remember him, um, and he was really good. But it's been that long. Now, again, he's still got the conference tournament to go. But it's been that long since a, a Cajun hit, had a season, finished with a better a batting average like the one Carson Rockefeller has right now. So he's having a fad. And in addition to that, he's got a bunch of home runs and he's got 60-something RBIs and he's got 20-something stolen bases. And he plays left field and center field and right field and first base. And, um, you know, he doesn't have – he's misplayed some balls and not gotten errors, but officially only has one error on the season. But uh, he's not perfect, but he's been he's been pretty close. Um, it is um, he's having a fabulous season. I am not all that excited about their first round matchup. I got to tell you, uh, you know, South Alabama's been a big rival for the Cajuns for a long time. Before Chris Webb was even hitting that, you know, that rivalry was born. This is a team that won it all last year. In the conference, this is a team that, you know, was picked to win the conference this year. This is not going to be an easy game. They're scheduled to play 4 o'clock on Wednesday on day two of the Sunbelt Conference Tournament in Montgomery, Alabama. And although we're already hearing, by the way, that the weather is not going to be good. Um, you know, who knows how all that will play out. But we're already hearing that the weather is not going to be good. It's um, and so we'll we'll see how that plays. But ah, man, I think I'd rather play Georgia Southern, who's got an RPI in the top ten, than play South Alabama. But uh, we'll see how how that plays out. If they get that win, that'll be a nice little momentum uh, builder going forth. But I don't think that's going to be easy by any means whatsoever. So again, any of these subjects that you would like to discuss, certainly feel free. Major League Baseball, Jules is starting to – Jules has been very unhappy. He's a Red Sox fan, and his Red Sox have been winning, so that makes Jules unhappy. He can forget about, you know, their season ending in May. Sometimes I wonder – I'm not picking on Jules because I I hear it nationally all the time as well. It's like it's May. It does not matter how many games out of first place you are right now. Now, would you rather be two games up than seven games back or four games up than five games back? Yeah, I'd rather be, but it's May. I I heard some national, and we're going to harp on this a lot during the summer because I, people, it's like they've never been through a season. They talk about the Major League Baseball season, so many people. Locally and nationally. Like, 
like they're college baseball fans, even though most of them aren't necessarily. But they, they act like the game is about 60 games long. I mean, the season's about 60 games long. It's like every year you have to – it takes them over half the season to realize that Major League Baseball games, that there's 162 games. It does not matter. I hear all these people, like when the Met, when Scherzer went down last week. And guys like, I, I had an opportunity last week to listen to Mad Dog. I'm hardly ever home during the day. It was a situation at home. I had to go be home for a little while during the middle of the day. And, and, I, and so I turned it on MLB Network and while I was waiting for a guy to show up. And, and... Mad Dog, Russo, I mean, the guy's an old-school baseball fan, and he's talking about the Mets are up seven. They'll be okay. Seven games in May is nothing. Seven games in early August is nothing to overcome. Now, you got to play great baseball if you get to August, but in May, he's like, oh, they they got no problems. I mean, seven, seven games in May? Is nothing like what happens to people. It's like they got it. We got to reteach them the lesson over and over and over again. I couldn't even believe what I was listening to. They're like, oh, the Mets are going to be fine without Scherzer and DeGrom. They're up seven. I said, Cat, it's May. (laughs) If it was July, I would say he was crazy. In May, it's not, it's, it's beyond crazy. Like, Oh, I mean, who's going to catch him with a seven-game lead in May? God, this ain't college baseball. I, I, I don't I don't understand people. They drive me crazy with that. It's 162 games. Anyway, we so um, we'll, 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 we'll see what happens. Astros are doing well. Uh, hopefully they can beat the Guardians. Tristan McKenzie pitches tonight. Not a lot of people know about Tristan McKenzie. He, uh, thin guy, young guy, ERA starts with two. Now, I know it's only May, and I know the bet the ball is dead, uh, and I know he pitches in Yankee land. I understand all that, but I've seen him pitch before. He's got a lot of pitches. He's got a lot of talent, and his ERA starts with two. And the Astros are at home, and they can't ever score any runs at home. I don't know why. They can't score any runs at home. Not very many runs scored at Men in May Park. And I've had people try to tell me that Men in May Park's a popcorn park. No, Yankee Stadium is a popcorn park. Men in May Park is not a popcorn park. I don't know why it's not, but it's not. Because to me, it doesn't take that much to hit a home run to right. And obviously, it doesn't take that much to hit a home run to left. And yet, there are very few runs ever scored at Men in May Park. It, it, it's craziness. So I'm a little worried about tonight's matchup with Tristan McKenzie, I got to tell you. But because uh, the Astros just never score a run. If it was up to me, and again, it's not up to me. I'm not the king. But if I was the king, I would move Alex Bregman down in the lineup. That guy drives me crazy. It's time for him to start hitting consistently. And man, I don't know whoever taught that cat how to run the bases, but he needs to get a new instructor. But... um. 
So any any of that stuff that you would like to discuss, certainly feel free to call on the game hotline, 706-0111, 706-0111. We will go to the game hotline before we go to our first time out. Hello. Hey, Floyd, this Martin. How you doing? How are you, sir? Boys, your uh, team you hot. Would, uh, well, you would think I'd be happy this morning because Boston uh, swept the Asian uh, M's this weekend, you know, uh, the fighting five names. But I need them to lose, man. Why you need them to lose? Because the more that we win, the more that secures Alex Cora's well, managerial spot. We need to get rid of that man, man. Well, who are you going to get? Let, let me ask was, you. Who are you going to get? associated with cheating. Who are you going to get? I mean, anybody's better with it than him. Oh, I as mean, if. I'm just saying, I, I'm i with Jules on now. I just, I don't like him. I never did lie. I didn't like him when he played for the Mariners. Uh, but, I mean, it's a glorious day because the Yankees lost at least, you know. That made me happy. They got you know? swept in a doubleheader, and y'all and, and y'all won all the game. They're not going to get rid of core. Y'all can forget that, okay? So, you might, it's no use to even worry about that. It's not going to happen. Do you realize? Well, I mean, do you realize how special this trio? I mean, y'all, y'all lineup. Like I told Jules, and he rebuked me at the beginning. This is a great lineup you have, and it, and and, well, and it's with the early. Right manager, I would say. Oh. He disagree. I, I just man, ever baseball since, managing. You know, look, the majority of what a baseball manager does in today's era of baseball, they don't have to be great technicians because no one plays the, the National League isn't even the National League anymore. It's not that hard. Right. The right. being a baseball now, manager I'm, right now is all about keeping sure the team is together chemistry wise and. Handling your bullpen. It, it, very little else even matters as a manager anymore because there's no more strategy in baseball because the pitchers don't hit. Right, right. Now, another thing I want to say, I think, I don't know if he does, but I think Paul needs to watch a little more horse racing and he can learn from that. You know why? Why? Because, because as we've seen, that the, the, the betting odds favorite hasn't been winning. So I, I, I'm pretty sure that they got the Yankees, the betting odds favorite to win the World Series, you know. Well, so always the favorite. I mean, and this year, this year is uh is been expect the unexpected, you know, with football and all that, you know. I mean, expect you never know who's gonna, you know. But yeah, he needs to watch a little more horse racing and learn from that because I don't, that's why I'm saying them Yankees ain't winning no World Series. I'm I'm with you there, but my, I, I'm with you there. Again, my advice to you: enjoy when your team wins. Oh, I, I, I'm, I, you know, I'm enjoying it, but man, I would, I would love to see, see us get another, another manager. It's man. not I'm happening. Just saying, you not know, happening. but, but, okay, have a good one, man. All right, take care. It's not happening. Now, you know, if they have a losing season this year and a losing season next year, maybe, but that's neither one of those are happening. So I wouldn't, um, I wouldn't worry about that. I would just enjoy the victories. That's my advice. And, man, can they bash. Now their pitching is in, but they can bash. Oh, man. All right. We'll take a timeout. We'll come back. Enjoy more of this glorious Monday morning on the game. 103.7 Lafayette, one zero four one Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station.
time to open up the vault for the games this day in sports history. May 23rd, 1981. Puerto Rican boxer Wilfred Benitez, at the age of 22, becomes the youngest three-division world champion in history by knocking out WBC World Super Welterweight Champion Maurice Hope in 12 rounds in Las Vegas. That was this day in sports history. We now return to the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Welcome back to Footnotes. Kevin Foot on the game. 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's Sports Station. Want to remind you, Next Home Cutting Edge Realty is hosting its annual Luke Day on June the 11th from 9 a.m. to 1 p.m. The charity event benefits Canine Companions, which is a nonprofit that gives uh, to those with d- disability dogs. The event will be located at Bouillet Park, 411 West Bluebird Drive in Lafayette. That's very close to Como High School. A uh, a food There will be a food truck, Kona Ice snow, can, uh, snow Cone Stand on site. There will be music and treats and prizes. Again, all proceeds will be donated to Canine Companions. That's the next home, Cutting Edge Realty's Luke Day, on June the 11th. Now, by June the 11th, we will have actually discussed the major league standings for the first time. Normally, about June the 1st. Well, I, normally, June the 1st is the first time we look at the major league standings. Look, all these games count. Don't get me wrong. Do I Am I happy when the Astros win? And upset when they lose, of course. I want to win every game. But, again, this is not college baseball. And I say that just because there's not like 56, 58, 60 games played here. It's 162 games. Anybody who's really comfortable where they are with their games up or games back right now, it's it's, it's baseball, cat. It lasts all summer and into October. A lot can happen, and a lot will happen. And teams overcome 10 and 12 game deficits multiple times every year. Not everyone does it, but it happens every year. Being up five, six, seven games right now means nothing. You have a lot of work to do, a lot. I don't get it, but anyway. My, that's This is my first, this is 162-game schedule day because I, I heard some crazy stuff over the weekend, crazy. And again, thinking, ball. I hope my team to lose so my manager can get my, that ain't happening. Now, if you're a fan of, like, the Reds, maybe. If you're a fan of uh, the Nationals, maybe. The Red Sox ain't firing core. They, they got a lot of wins from here on out, a lot. They're not having a losing season. It's not happening. So we'll see how all that plays out. 
Again, the game hotline is 706-0111-706-0111. Now, I say that. If two of their top three hitters get hurt and miss half the season, then then they probably would have a losing season. But as long as them cats say, hell, they ain't having a losing season. That ain't happening. That's not happening. And no, Trevor's story will not continue to hit like he has been the last week, but he's, he's going to do better than he did the first five weeks. Again, the game hotline, 706-0111. 706-0111. So we've got softball. I also wanted to, you know, McNeese had a very interesting softball regional up in Yankee land near Chicago in the Evanston regional on the campus of Northwestern. Um, they crushed Notre Dame's face and then they got their face crushed by the top seed, which I guess is expected, but man, not quite. I mean, crazy scores, people scoring 17 and 19 runs. I mean, what was going on up there? But anyway, then they won a good, close, low scoring game against Notre Dame and they got handled in the finals. But I mean, again, that was a nice performance by McNeese. They've been good at softball for a while. So it was good to see them not just have to go to the LSU regional and play LSU in the first game and and play someone else and they had some success, won some tournament, re, I mean, won some NCAA regional games. So that was good. Again, I, I don't buy the – it would have been the same as if they had not won and they'd have gotten – went 0-2 up in a regional because they didn't win it. No, I don't buy that. I just – I don't think that way. And I've heard people say, well, that's a loser way to think. Well, I disagree. I'd rather make the regional final than go 0-2. Now, I, I mean, obviously you'd rather win it. But if you don't win it, I'd still rather finish second and fourth. But so good by uh, good job by the McNeese girl, uh, softball program as well. Now, in baseball, the way that I kind of like it, the way the Southland Conference is doing it. They essentially had two tournaments, and the winners of the two tournaments play a best two out of three. The problem with that is you got to finish, you know, the week before, which they did. I don't know. I was thinking, could this could the Sun Belt do this? I mean, it's it's essentially like football where you have division play. And then the two winners of each division play in the championship game. Kind of like that. Uh, of course, in baseball, you play two out of three because it's a series sport. Um, so it's, it, it's kind of cool. It's kind of like the College World Series. You know, you, have to, you, you play this side and this side plays that side. And the two winners play best two out of three for the title. It's kind of cool. I kind of like it. And McNeese will be playing Southeastern. Two very familiar, two programs very familiar to Cajun baseball. Play them twice a year with some, for when there's a rainout, basically every year. And so um, it's um, it's an interesting series. We'll see what happens with those two series. But just the format itself, I wonder if any other leagues even consider that. 
Now, you wouldn't consider, you wouldn't want to, you, you wouldn't do that if you're like the SEC or the Big 12 because there's no need for it. Conference tournaments are basically useless in those leagues. Uh, you know, I guess every once in a while you'll have a team that would not otherwise get a regional bid, step up, you know, shock everyone and go win the tournament. Like if, I don't know who. Mississippi State would go win the tournament or South Carolina or someone would just go win the tournament. Uh, I mean, I guess that's possible, so it's worth it. But for the most part, it's not. You wouldn't do that if you were like one of the major conferences. But if you're a mid-major conference that most of the time gets has is a one-bid league, then why wouldn't you want to do that? Because what it does is it makes an upset more difficult because you got to beat them two out of three, not just once. Like once you get to the final. So I kind of, I kind of like, I wonder if I want, I don't know because I don't have, I don't really know how many leagues around the country do this, but I'm wondering if it's something that's going to happen more often. Again, not by the SECs and big 12s and pac 12s of the world. I'm talking about mid-major leagues that are usually one-bid leagues, or every once in a while you get a second. When I, I think it's possible, depending who wins the Sun Belt this year, I think it's possible that the Cajun that the Sun Belt could get four teams in if one of the top three doesn't get in. Because I think two's getting in, probably three getting in. Now, if if another team wins it, then it could. It, I wouldn't be shocked if Ford got in, depending on who won the tournament. Wouldn't be shocking um, if, if, if more than two got in, but we'll see. Three or four got in. Just depends who wins the tournament. So we'll wait and see how that goes. Again, the Cajuns are scheduled to play against uh, South Alabama at 4 o'clock on Wednesday. We'll have our weekly conversation with Coach Matt Deggs tomorrow, like we normally do, about 9.35. So, um, we'll get to that. Game hotline, 706-0111. 706-0111. Uh, one more thing. No, let's do this. Let's. It's time to take a break, so let's go ahead and take it. And when we come back from that timeout in the next segment or in the short segment, something happened over the weekend that was kind of a highlight for me. You would say, why, why are you worried about that? Well, I thought it was pretty impressive. Plus, it helped my it helped my team win a game. So I always like pretty impressive plays that helps my team win a game. So we'll uh, we'll discuss that before we finish today's show. But for now, we'll take a timeout, come back, and continue on this glorious Monday on the game. One hundred three seven Lafayette, one hundred four one Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. It's not uncommon here on Footnotes for Kevin Foote's voice and his blood pressure to rise rapidly during the show. The fat guys like you and me need to be watching mop-up time just like the stars do. Sometimes it rises a little too high. That is stupid. Stupid. Not to worry. We have EMT standing by just in case Foote passes out. Back to more Footnotes on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. 
Welcome back to Footnotes. Kevin Foot on the game. 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. Want to remind you, if you would like to win great prizes on our website, this is what you need to do. Go to 1037thegame.com or 1041thegame.com. Join the Game Clubhouse. That puts you eligible to win a $50 gift certificate to Half Shell Oyster House or a $150 gift certificate to Mr. Lester Steakhouse. But you can't win if you don't join. So it's free. It's simple to join. So sign up today for the Game Clubhouse by going to 1037thegame.com or 104thegame.com today. Again, the game hotline is 706-0111, 706-0111. We are starting to sniff June. All the high school sports are gone. Uh, we've got some super regional rounds to go in college softball, but LSU has been eliminated. The Cajuns have been eliminated. McNeese has been eliminated. Uh, again, I think the Cajuns and, and McNeese had a little bit more fun at the regional than LSU did in softball, but still they were all three were eliminated. And so Locally, no, I'm not saying we're not going to have you make any comments or pay attention at all to what happens in softball from here on out. But the the three teams that we have some interest in locally are are are, are no longer playing. So, some big time college softball fans will continue to follow, and certainly, if you want to call in any time in the next week or so, I, I I got no issues with that. But the local teams are gone. On the baseball side, got lots to do. Got the Sunbelt Conference Tournament. Technically starts tomorrow with seven playing 10 and eight playing nine. And in those, the winners of those two games will play the one and two seeds on Wednesday. And again, the Cajuns will play South Alabama. And then we'll see what happens in the SEC Tournament. So got a lot more college baseball to get to. But once that's over, it's going to be the summertime. And what happens, a lot happens in the summertime. We do, we start previewing a lot of football season, but we also kind of do our little summer project. And so we'll be talking about the details of that coming up, uh, I don't know, by the end of the week probably. I don't even know what today is. What's the date today? Uh, I should know. Yes, my daughter Riley's birthday was yesterday and the Astros won, which is good. Uh, so happy birthday a day later, a day late to Riley. And tomorrow is my young, my only son, Russ's birthday. So I know I should know what today's date is. That means it's the 23rd in between Riley and Russ's birthday. So um, that means a week from now, it's going to be the 30th. And so we're going to be pretty close to June on the 30th of uh, of May. And so it's, it's it's getting close. So we'll sometime this week we'll discuss what our um, – I haven't actually looked at the calendar yet. I know what we're going to do, but I haven't actually planned it all out on the calendar. So I need to do that 
um, sometime this afternoon or tomorrow, kind of look at the cat. I try to put the summer off because I get what I call senioritis. I mentioned that I'm on fumes earlier. And I'm look, I'm like that at the end of after every football season, at the end of the first semester and at the end of the second semester. It's just life covering, you know, college sports and high school sports and everything going on. And you, you just, you, you know, just need a little bit of a break. But um, and so that's going to come soon enough. Um, but uh, I hadn't really I've thought about it, but I try not to think too much about the summer before it gets real close, because then you get senioritis and, and, and you start losing the focus on all the things that still need to get taken care of. I'm sure you've been there before. And you got a lot of people with senioritis is over by the by a lot, you know, the high school level, the college level. I'm pretty sure all the graduations finished this past weekend. Before that, it was college graduation and then had a lot of high school graduations over the last week and a half or so. So, um, Coach Deggs, I mean, I couldn't help but laugh. He he missed, was it Friday's game? No, he missed Saturday's game. No, Friday. Game, it was it was a Thursday, Friday, Saturday weekend series. So he missed game two, which was Friday's game, because his daughter, daughter was graduating high school. And you know how it is. I mean, there might be – we're all a little bit different. I didn't go to my own college graduation. I mean, I just didn't, and I don't regret it for a second. I, 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 I had no interest in going anyway even if there had not been a game, but I was working. I was, I covered the Saints home games way back then. Um, starting a few years before that, it was, it was December of 1990, and the Saints were playing a home game against the Steelers. I didn't go to my own college graduation. So I'm not what you'd call a big graduation person, <laughs> and Coach Deggs is not either. And so I'm like, how did last night go? And he was, you know, he said, we got it done. Uh, he just took a deep breath. I mean, you know, it was, it's hard. And, you know, you, you've been with a team all year long. You're getting towards the end and they're playing a game and you're not there. And I know family is more important. I get it. Okay. But uh, you could tell. I could just only imagine what was going on as the game was not going real well. <laughs> and he's not there, and he can't do anything about it. And your team is losing. <laughs> You're like, uh, I can only imagine the experience that was. But anyway, uh, good for him for putting himself through that and going through that and uh, going to his daughter's graduation. But I can, I can imagine uh, what that was like. And it worked out well. They scored a million runs in the eighth inning. Was it the eighth inning? I think it was the eighth inning. Yeah, they scored a bunch of runs and ended up winning um, by a run rule. No, not a run rule, but they got ten runs. They 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 uh, hit a grand slam. Tyler Robinson hit a grand slam, and then the next day the game was somewhat similar in that it was competitive early, and then they scored a bunch of runs late and ended up winning uh, nine to three. So um, it could have been worse. You know, I thought I think a lot of us were thinking. The Cajuns would sweep, but they won two out of three, and in the end, it's it did not have anything to do with the with the with the outcome of the of the final standings. It's just you don't like losing, 
you know, nobody should really enjoy losing all those some losses. Probably do you good. So we'll see what they do. I think, and we'll talk about this a little bit in our weekly conversation with Coach Dex tomorrow, but I, I think I feel pretty good about where the Cajuns are going into the Sunbelt Conference Tournament in every area except for the bullpen. I just still think there's a lot of questions about how the bullpen's going to be used. A lot of that is situational. A lot of that's going to depend on, uh, you know, how long do you get out of the starters, how close the game is. And, you know, and I think one of the heroes sometimes in these conference tournaments, if you get way ahead or way behind, you get somebody who doesn't have a whole lot of innings on the season and you hope they can give you four, five, six innings in, a, in what we call, quote, unquote, mop-up duty. And you hope it's mop-up duty because you're way behind. I mean, way ahead, not because you're way behind. But uh, those kind of pitchers and efforts can be very, very significant this time of the year. So we'll see how all that plays out. But I like where the Cajuns are offensively. Their starting pitching is not like, you know, the best they've ever had. But those guys have overachieved, I think, and done a good job this year. Jacob Schultz, he had, you know, he's been really, really good, I would think, down the, I think down the stretch. It's just, a, it's just about the bullpen. And we'll see what they, how much they demand of their bullpen, and we'll see how that plays out. But before we get to our next timeout, let's see what our old friend Jules has to say on the game hotline. Kevin. Yes, sir. Hey, you didn't happen to uh, read an article by Phil Mushnick uh, in the New York Post. It was uh, on Facebook, and I shared it. And it's talk- he talks about uh, how baseball, MLB, is ruining its own product and doing it willingly. And he talks about everything from the overuse of analytics, you know, to to the point where they just don't use any common sense anymore. They just sit there and whatever the computer spits out, that's what it. That's what the the manager does. Yeah, uh, and it talks about the players who the players who stand there and admire their uh, uh, singles off the wall. You know, it should be at second base, sometimes third base, and barely get to first base. Guys making $20 million a year, and just no effort whatsoever. You know, just, just complete dogging it out because they know nothing's going to happen to them. You know, the manager's not going to bench them or anything like that, no matter who it is. It's a, it's a, it's a good article. It really is. I don't usually read stuff out of... Uh, the New York Times, New York Post, but uh, anytime I see somebody writing about MLB, you know, ruining the game, you know, and and having to make all of these modifications every year because of analytics ruining the game, it's really good. But you, you know, know, you know, the thing that 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 intrigues me the most about the, all these rule changes and trying to change the game is it seems like. The more they, the more things that they put in to try to speed up the game, they ends up slowing it down. Like it keeps going in the other direction. It seems like. Well, that's because MLB can't get out of its own way. 
It's pretty uncommon for sure. Got to take a break. No, I get it. Right, I get later. it. Th- thank you, Jules. All right. Again, I agree that the bowing down to it is is going too far. But but to, to- I-, I think I think there are some people who just dismiss it. I don't think you can dismiss it, but I don't think you should bow down to it either. So I I agree and some I mostly agree and somewhat disagree, depending on how far you want to go in in in, in the anti analytics direction. I remember Joe Morgan hit a single off the wall for the Astros in the 1980 NLCS. So that stuff's been going on for a long time. I'm not worried about that part of it. All right. We will um, take a timeout, come back, finish out today's show next on the game. 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. We love talking about sports. Yeah. You love listening to sports. Yep. Sounds like we were meant to be together, or at least friends with benefits. Aren't you glad you found us? Yep. Yep. Back to more of the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Welcome back to Footnotes. Want to remind you, Astros open up three-game series tonight against the Guardians of Cleveland. Tristan McKenzie pitching. Uh, should be a very interesting matchup. First pitch set for 7-10, and you can hear that game right here on the game. 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles. Also want to remind you, if you missed any of today's show, and you want to catch up with it, check out our links on Twitter and Facebook. Uh, some people have been doing that, taking advantage of that for a while, but I don't I don't remind y'all of that enough. So check out our links on Twitter and Facebook, and you can you say, did did he really say that? Did did he really say that? Uh, what exactly was he trying to say so you can rehear or catch anything that you might have missed? Uh, so check out our links of the show on the game on Twitter and Facebook. All right, eventful weekend. 
We had a lot of fun on this glorious Monday show. We'll continue to look back and forward at the same time as we're kind of in transition tomorrow. Kate, not the Cajuns, but uh, the Sunbelt Conference Tournament will open in later on this week. The SEC Tournament will open. So look forward to college baseball as we finish out this school year. Y'all have a nice day. Thank you.